Welcome to Word at Nine, a podcast dedicated to lifting up the voices of student preachers at Yale Divinity School. I'm your host, Christy Stang. Today, we welcome back Lee Phoebus as our preacher, who also preached on season two. Lee is a second-year MDiv and an amateur autobiography writer. Before we hear from Lee, let's take a moment to sit with the story of the prodigal son. This is a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11b through 32. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Lee, 
thank you for sharing your words with us today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Apen then authorpostos. In the Greek, this phrase is the once upon a time of Jesus' parables. And this is how the story of the prodigal son begins. Anthropostis, a certain man does a certain thing. And by the blessed grace of wisdom and discernment, we learn as Jesus taught. Chapter 15 of Luke holds three such parables concerning the importance of that what is lost. In the case of this man, a father of two sons, he let go of that which he lost. His younger son came and asked for his inheritance, and the father said yes, letting his son go away from home. One imagines the father knew his son well, knew he wasn't self-efficient, and knew he was prone to error. And still, he said yes. And does the son amend his ways upon leaving home, seeing the consequences of his life away from his father? No, he lives prodigally. So, was this younger son covertly sent away, given his inheritance just so he would leave? Maybe it would be better to cut off the losses of a son who behaves this way, who would be so greedy, so self-centered, that he imagined he could keep living like this. Alone, hungry, desolate. These are the consequences of the life he chose. And yet, a famine. A famine is a famine. Even if he had lived within his means, kept his head down, lived a life that was full of redemption from the moment he left home, he would have been hungry. Those in the town far away from where he came, they too would have known the hunger which made this younger son want to share food with pigs. And for those people in the town, salvation might have been the next season, salvation might have been the next harvest, and the son might have worked, fed the pigs, restored himself, even when the famine ended, continuing this life. But instead, he thinks of home, his hunger and control. And with all his inheritance loss, he returns home and resigns himself to be a servant of his father rather than a son. And on that walk home, hungry and alone, all of his actions, all of his misdeeds must have seemed harsh blown open by the all-consuming pain of his body, the exhaustion of his malnutrition. His father allowed him to leave. And would he allow him to return, even empty-handed? Of course. Of course he can return. His father rejoices at the return of his son, a man he thought was dead. Of course his son can return. What's more, he rejoices with a party, calling for his servants to butcher the fatted calf 
And in this moment, the swelling of emotion, Jesus might end this parable. What a nice story. What was lost was returned, and we must celebrate these things. Like a shepherd finding a sheep, like a woman finding a coin, a man found his son. The world is right, and all is good. But, wait, 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 wait. In all this emotional heightening, did anyone even remember to tell the older son there was a party? He's still working. He has to ask what's going on, not invited to the party going on in his own home. He isn't even allowed the chance to greet his brother first. And so of course he's upset. Of course he's frustrated. What can he say to his father besides my brother isn't even good, and I've been exceptional. And he gets the party? I know now we're invested in the story of the younger son. He's worth it. So the older son might seem like a nuisance, a self-righteous whiner. Just as we saw the error of the younger son, so we might say to the older, amend your ways, build your right relations. But we do ourselves a disservice if we pretend we don't see exactly where he's coming from. Just as we cannot view the older brother's anger outside of our connection to the younger brother, we can't connect to this older brother we all know what it's like to be self-sacrificing for someone we love. We know what it's like to be overlooked in our work. So what happens? If the older son asked at that very moment for his own inheritance, his father would give it to him. And he might. He might storm off and be with his own friends, recounting this bummer of a story. My brother returned and my dad seems to favor him. Or he might go in and greet his brother, knowing one day he will probably have to give him a share of his own inheritance. And each of these options holds an unspoken sacrifice the type of sacrifice by which he worked for his father all these years. But his redemption, the older brother's salvation, is not found in his own self-sufficiency. His salvation is not found in his own thrift, his own righteous anger. He is already saved because he is already loved. For so his father loved him that everything was already his. Each day he is found. Rejoice with me, for we are found in Christ. Rejoice with me, because each day we return asking for forgiveness 
each day we show our righteous anger at the unfairness of a world where the wicked are rewarded. Each day we forgive and hope for change. Let us love the world and each other this Lent. Let us love each certain man, each anthropostis, so that we might continually grow and learn. For what was lost is found. Amen. This has been Word at Nine, a podcast dedicated to lifting up the voices of student preachers at Yale Divinity School. Thank you for listening.